people always ask me that on podcasts, like, what is your favorite thing about, you know, being an entrepreneur? I'm like the people, like I get to, I get to meet some pretty dope people that think I'm cool. Like you who thinks I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? Like if that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what does. Like somebody that's like seeing you from somewhere you've never met and then they see you somewhere and they resonate with you because we all think we're not cool, right? We all think that our story isn't as interesting as so-and-so's story. Or I don't, I have like, I have an office that I, it's literally a spare bedroom in my house. Like I am not that cool. You know what I mean? I sit on the, on my robe and eat ice cream and watch Shark Tank. Like that is my Friday night. Like I'm really not that cool. And like, so when people like you that I would never have met in a million years just resonate with my message, done, wrap it up. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ladine, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Okay, so you know they always say that the intro is, you know, your the before the show. I remember it was Lewis Howes once said that the before the show is actually really the show. And right? today just proved that, right? Because we've been talking for 9 minutes and today I have on an amazing person that honestly I was a little bit starstruck by her and honestly intimidated in a positive way. I always know that if I'm positively triggered by someone, it's because I want to be like them and I want to be their friend and I want to be in their circle. So today I have Renee Dick on. She's also known as my girlfriend, Renee. I've tagged her, but after this, believe me, y'all are going to want to go follow her because she's like just a ball of energy and you can't help but want to be around her. And as we got talking prior to this, I'm like, girl, we got to just start recording because we're going to be talking about a lot of things. And while I don't think I have a lot of like the influencer or the business person following me, what I'm realizing is with the lockdowns, so many people are looking for something else. And so many people are starting to realize that they're staying too much in this little box in their life and that they have these desires to do everything else. And I think you're someone that really shows it. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited. I need you to follow me around with that intro like all day, every day, because 90% of my friends talk crap about me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I, okay, so we, I I actually met you through Emily Frazella. And those of you that know Emily Frazella, I've talked about her on here before. What I love about Emily Frazella, she's one of the only females I can think of about five on my hand that really are the no nonsense, like what they say they do, they do. They've really built up a business there. And why I'm drawn to her is I I grew up on a farm doing 4-H2 like her. You know, I feel like these people that are, like you said, scrappy. I love that you use that word, Renee. We are resourceful women in that I know how to problem solve. I may not know what I'm doing, but I will at least try. And then I will get as resourceful as F to like 
you know, do that. And so I knew immediately when she was working with you, I'm like, all right, I first of all have to follow her because there's not very many people in her circle. I mean, she keeps her circle tight and rightfully so, right? Because there are a lot of these fake, you know, influencers out there. And so then I was listening to a podcast you were on that, you know, you haven't been doing the entrepreneurship per se for very long. But what I love that you said is you're like, I'm a hustler. And that is such, you know, a key factor. And then going through the podcast show notes here, I always ask, you know, um, some questions that we can talk about. And I'm like, okay, the fact that you use alter egos, my audience knows I'm obsessed because I think people think that you just have to automatically be a certain way. And I'm actually, I consider myself an introvert extrovert where one-to-one, oh girl, I can chat with you all day. You put me in a big setting and I have to create my alter ego. Like I got to go to, I'm the person that in between breaks, I go actually to my hotel room and like channel my, okay, Amy, ask questions, do this. Cause it's not me. So I'm excited for today just cause we're going to kind of be all over the place. But my first question for you is where do you get this, this confidence? Cause the moment people will go follow you and I love that you love yourself. And I come from years of therapy lots of unworthiness. Like it's actually even, even the word worthy used to trigger me. Like I hate, I am worthy. But then I realized, man, we shit on ourselves so much as females. Like we don't even celebrate ourselves. So when I started following you and just seeing your stuff, I'm just like, I want to be like you. Where, where did this come from? So I'm going to start off first by saying Emily Frisell is my biggest fan. Um, <laughs> she will tell you she's not, but she literally <laughs> is obsessed. Like she just does not leave me alone. So we're just gonna we're just gonna start it there. <laughs> I love it. No, I wasn't. It's so funny because I wasn't this way at all. Like I grew up. I'm the oldest. Um, I grew up with a single mom, and so I took care of my you know brother and sister, and so I didn't really have like anything special. It just was you did what you did and you didn't do what you didn't do. It was just no big deal. But I knew I was something like I loved to entertain. I was always like the class clown. I was always the one that made everybody laugh, but like never really channeled it just because I don't know. I don't feel like we do when we're kids. We just kind of go with the flow. Um, But I knew I went always left when everybody went right. Like no matter what, I hated school, failed every class, like barely skimmed by. And like, the goal is go to college, right? Everybody tells you like, I grew up my mom. She's like, you got to do something. You either got to work or you got to go to college. And I'm like, well, I'm going to suck at that. So let me do a trade school or something that will help me get done as fast as possible. So I went to hair school because I'm like, my personality is so chatty. I don't know how to use computers. I don't work well with a boss. I want to be my own boss and I want to wear cute clothes. Like that was my goal. So I went to hair school, loved it. Absolutely loved doing hair um, because I got to entertain people all day, you know? So that's kind of where I first started to notice I had something special. Um, And I hate even saying special, but like, really, you know, Um, but that's where I kind of started. And I started to see I can connect with people and people just felt comfortable around me. And I just loved it. So that was the first thing I ever did um, to where I saw something, but I worked for the owner of the salon. And she was a very type A business badass, but I was like the entertainer. So she always had like, you know, I mean, you have hair, you know, when you go to the hairstylist, like the assistant does everything. The hairstylist that you actually go and see, you only see her like one time out of it, right? Like she comes, touches your hair and says, okay, six and four, this, that, that, and then goes away, right? Because she has 18 other people she's taking care of. So that's where I was like, oh, I get it. So I got to learn from her, but I always felt second best, right? I'm like, well, she's the, everybody's coming to see her, 
but I'm just the entertainer. So I felt second best. Had my son and ended up doing spray tanning. Um, and I loved spray tanning as well because it was faster money than hair because it was like 10 minutes a pop, you know? Yeah. And I also worked for another boss, badass chick that was just no fear, take no shit, like go for it. And I was like second best again. And I'm like, what is with this? Like how, what do, what, what do they have? What do they have that I don't have? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have, there was no answer. There was literally no answer. They just decided to go for it. So I, you know, dwelled on that for a while. And I'm like, why do I consistently feel like I'm not ever going to be that? Why am I never going to be the owner? Or why am I never going to be the one on stage? Or why? Who's telling me I can't? And I started to just say yes to every opportunity. She spray tanning, she really put me in the freaking thick of it. She put me in a bikini on a stage at a Nordstrom trunk show and was like, we're going to spray tan you. I'm like, yes, no problem. You're on YouTube. You're going to spray tan yourself. Yeah. Like, no, not even an answer. She was just like, you're doing it, which I'm so thankful for now. But it was just that I finally decided I don't want to be second best anymore. I'm shiny too. I'm pretty dope. These girls are dope too. What's to say I can't, right? I love that. And it's not an either or. I think that is a mistake. Don't you think females like, you know, and it can come from a money like people that have scarcity. They also have the same hierarchy with like girls. And it's like if one's shiny, the other can't. If one makes money, the other can't. And I think that's such a big mistake where it's like we can all shine together. Right. Yeah. No, it's I think it's and nobody even tells us these things. I think it's just our own mind that's saying like where you're going in that scarcity mindset where there's not abundance. It's competition. It's very competitive. Like nobody wants to share because if you look cuter than I do, that means I'm not cute anymore. Or if you're more successful, that means I can't be successful. And that's like completely changed. I think more than ever now, it's more team. Everybody's into the community thing. Like my first ever shirt was community over competition because that's how I felt. I was like, nobody helped me. Like everybody was like, oh, you know, very secretive. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like what? I'm not going to steal it from you. You know what I mean? But then it also showed me that I'm a force, right? If somebody is genuinely scared of you, maybe it's because you have something awesome that they're a little intimidated and insecure about. So I think it kind of pushed me to see myself from somebody else's eyes. Oh, I like that. And I think that's an important thing. I did a, I did a, you know, short podcast once on triggers and how people see triggers as negatives. And I actually don't. I worked, I got really fortunate to work with Nicole LaPere, the holistic psychologist, a couple years ago before she got 3 million followers. And, you know, she'd said, she goes, it's all in how you interpret things in life, right? You can see something one way. If you see the trigger as, what is this showing me? What is this telling me? Versus like immediately going to the negative. So I actually see anytime I have like a trigger, and usually it's like envy or whatever, I realize, okay, Amy, you're drawn to this because it's something you want. And it might be the person, like for someone like you, and I'll just be completely honest, and I love to share this stuff is, I feel like you're very carefree. And I love that you just own yourself. And there is still a part of me that doesn't quite do that. And so when I see that, it is a trigger because it's saying to me, you want that. You want to be that carefree. You want to be that way. I mean, it's why even earlier this year, I went and got a couple tattoos because I can't because I want to, because I'd realized like a lot of us just live again in these boxes that were like, well, I guess this is a belief because I was just told it's a belief, you know, like I can wear a mohawk and I don't have to have like a special label on me. Right. And so I think that's important for anyone listening that instead of seeing that trigger as this negative thing, go, what is it in this person that is making me feel this way? 
Because most of the time, it's because you want it, right? It's yeah, like it's you're a wanting sign. something. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's so, a reason why. I mean, it's that's it. There's a reason why you're drawn to that person. Because if it wasn't aligned with you or it didn't have anything to do with you, they would just walk on past. Totally, totally. And we're created to love. Like, I really feel like if I'm having a negative feeling around about someone, I stop myself immediately and go, okay, I was not created for negativity. Like that's a primal feeling and primal feelings are not things I want to keep around me. So then it's like, Amy, dig deeper. You're jealous. You're envious. You're whatever. And this is all about you. And don't, don't you dare put that on that person. You know what I mean? I feel like that comes with mindset too. You can tell when people do mindset work because they talk like that. (laughs) Well, and you can, and you can have the honest conversation. Like I do love the more that you become personally developed, like some of your best friends become the people you're like, you were fully triggering me. Okay. You know, my family. I'm like, you're ruining my vibrations. Like, leave my energy bubble because, like, you don't show up anymore. I'm like, because I got to protect my energy, yo. Like, (laughs) and it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, I I think sometimes people think that's a negative thing. I'm like, no, no. It's because I want to stay up here. And, like, you know, the mastermind just two weekends ago was a perfect example of that for me is, you know, we've not met in person in a long time. And, you know, I hadn't even been in uh, this is like my first year I wasn't in a mastermind. And so just being, you know, even if it's via Zoom, but being in the presence of people that cheer you on and that are like just the high vibing, like we all can be badass babes together, right? And it doesn't have to be, again, that hierarchy. So talk to me about your boss babes. You know, you have this monthly thing. I think it's really cool. Was this the first thing that you you did in your entrepreneurship or what was the first thing that you did? No, not at all. So I worked by myself for hair, right? I did hair, did spray tanning, and I always created jobs for myself. Um, I would just like see a need and then I would be like, well, let me do it. You know what I mean? So it was like the tanning company didn't have an educator. And I was like, I can totally teach people how to do this because I'm damn good at it. Let me just start training people. So I would go to conventions. I would go to Ulta. I would go to Nordstrom. I would go to all these stores and I would educate people on how to use the products. So I created a job for me there, right? So when I quit that and became a stay-at-home mom, I had like anxiety because I wasn't creating. I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I was a mom, but it wasn't for me. I was such a people person and I was so used to like traveling and being on 24-7 that like when I was a mom, it was like so different and no shame or anything. I just, I wasn't good at it. I did not, I, it wasn't for me. So that's when I started realizing my husband was like, he started listening to Andy um, because he had a two hour commute. So he started listening to podcasts on his way to work. And he was like, you should probably listen to this guy. I think you really like it. And this was when podcasts was like kind of new still. I didn't really know what right. podcasts were. I'm like, what the hell's a podcast? You know what I mean? I didn't even right. know what Audible was. I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> but he's like, you should probably listen to this guy. So I started listening to him. And then it was like, oh, he led me to Emily. And then Emily had a um, women in business conference. And my mm. husband was like, you should probably go. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to this. Like it was pulling on my heartstrings, like my gut. Everything was telling me like, you got to go to this. And I was like, I didn't have a business. I have no idea what I was doing. I was just a stressed out stay at home mom. And my husband's like, you should probably like start a blog, right? And I'm like, I'm really not that cool, bro. Like I don't even have a computer. I don't, like I blew up his last computer. I spilled wine on it and blow dried it, like dry (laughs) and tried to hide it and blow it up. So he was like, you're never allowed to touch any electronic in our house again. Um, So I didn't have a computer. I didn't have anything. But my husband was like, you need something for you because he can see me like declining. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he pushed me to go. I ended up going. And within like that first day, I was surrounded by all of the people it was 30, you know, different CEOs, women, all, you know, states, statuses, whatever you call it. And they all thought like I did. They all like 
talked like I did. The conversations were different. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not weird. I'm not weird. I th- mm-hmm. just thought I was a hustler. Maybe I am an entrepreneur. I had no idea. So started the blog and then quickly realized, you know, the blog was a starter, started a boutique where my friend Becky was like, you love taking pictures of yourself. Why don't you just start selling clothes? <laughs> and I was like, done. Wrap it up. So figured out how to do it. Got on Google, got on YouTube and got my seller's permit, started selling clothes and nobody bought them. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I'm like, but they're so cute. Like buy my dresses, buy this. And I right. had this one shirt that said babe support babes on it. And it sold out like nonstop. So I'm thinking I'm killing it. I'm telling my husband I am balling out of control. No more sales. I'm sold out again. And he's like, Renee. So in wholesale, you have to buy in multiples of six, too small, too medium, too large. I only sold the smalls. So I have medium and large just stacking in the corner and I'm only selling my smalls thinking I'm balling out of control. And he's like, Renee, no, honey, like stop. So he's like, you need to start designing your own shirts. Started designing my own shirts. Again, I told him I'm not that cool. How am I going to figure it out? And he's like, figure it out. Um, so I did. And then that's when I started selling my own shirts, the community over competition, all of that. And the people were buying it. And then they would see each other getting tagged on social. I'm like, well, I want to connect with her. Like, what does she do? You know what I mean? Well, I have that shirt too. And that's where kind of the whole thing was born. So it evolved from failing, obviously, um, to learning to, you know, evolving. And I just listened to my customer and that's what turned me into, you know, the Fresh Perspective Boss Babe Shirt Club. It wasn't me, it was the customer. I love that. So you found a problem, you know, you solved it. And I think the key too is I love that you talk about the failing too. Like it's not a like, you know, smooth sailing. Oh, my first idea and I made all this money. I remember when we did even like just merchandise for our company and I bought like $10,000 worth of stuff. Yeah, big fail, like big fail. But it didn't mean I'm going to just stop doing this stuff forever, right? Like we all have those. And I think that's such a important thing. Someone that's starting is like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to quit on the first time you fail, oh my gosh, like entrepreneurship is (laughs) right. the ups and downs with it. So then from there, what, I mean, because I feel like you have exploded, like you really have, like now you're teaching things on Pinterest, like you, you, you're finding, you know, you're um, one, you add a lot of value. And I think that's something that's really important for people to remember is, I mean, we did it accidentally as a brand. We didn't know back in the day that that was something. I remember when I did my first cookbook, which, you know, we, my kids, they see a binding machine. It's like trauma because we binded like 5,000 books. Like I brought the binding machine out like last year and my kids that are 18 and 21 were like, no. They start twitching. They start twitching. They're like, oh my gosh. But I remember, you know, um, my husband saying to me, he goes, listen, you need to just put every recipe on your blog. Like, and I go, but, but if I share them all, like I'm worried that then they won't. And he's like, no, just put every single recipe on your blog and you're going to draw more people into your ad value that when you do get ready to list up this cookbook, Amy, they're going to buy it because it's all in one area and they want to support you because you've done so much for them. And it ended up being like my first experience with like the ad value of like, holy crap, like I sold out all the time. We couldn't even make them and bind them fast enough because 
you know, it was like I had enough following from that. And then from there, it was like, I didn't have, cause I, I never wanted to be like the person who's always doing calls to action. Like, that's just not my style. Like, I'm like, if I got to feel like I'm an MLM, no offense to MLM people. I know you follow me. I just didn't want to be like, I remember like Amway where it's like, they kind of like come in your back door and they're like, I want to talk to you about something tonight. And then they show up and they've got their whole present. That just was not my style. And so I really love that it could be authentic. And I feel that's how you are in what you share. You know, where did you learn that? Is that just something like through trial and error? I think I subconsciously did it kind of like it just, I think because I was so new to everything and I was just figuring it out. Because like when I started and I mean, I went to Women in Business in March of 2019, I didn't have an Instagram. I was using Instagram like everybody else was using Instagram, right? Like I had 100 followers. It was a bunch of stuff on my kid. Like I wasn't using it. And so I saw all of like the like to know it and the bloggers. And I'm like, well, why is their Instagram look cool? Like mine doesn't look like that. So I started learning it. And then I would tell people where it was because 90% of the people weren't sharing. Like, I'd be like, well, how do you get all your pictures to look the same? What are you doing? Like, that was when like Lightroom was barely starting and nobody told you, you know what I mean? They were were like, oh, I have an editor or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And so I started sharing because I was like, like I said, community over competition. It's like my my business, you know? So I was like Mm -hmm. sharing everything I was doing subconsciously just because I was sticking it to the other people. You know what I mean? I was like, just come yeah. out here. I'll hang out with you. And I told everybody, I was like, when I was creating my logo and my blog and everything, I wanted it to be your girlfriend. I wanted it to be, you know, somewhere that you can go and genuinely hang out like you're getting your hair done. Like I went back to my hairstylist days. Who does your hair? Who does your spray tan? My girlfriend, Renee. So it was like, that's how it always stuck with me. And I didn't do it with a strategy in mind. I'd like to take credit and think I did, but it was just because I was so new, I didn't have anything else to give. You know, that's all I had was my education of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm trying to figure this shit out too. But here, I found this and I thought it was cool. Hopefully you can use it, take it or leave it. And I did that for two years now. And now I'm finally at the point where it's been able to monetize. But I had to do two plus years of give, 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 more give and more give. And people kept telling me, you need to put it behind a paywall. You need to start charging. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. And people kept telling me, you should probably start putting it behind here. You should probably start doing this. And I'm like, it doesn't feel right. I don't want to do it. And I just, every time somebody told me to go right, I would go left. And it's something that I still do today is I steer my own ship because I subconsciously was doing the right thing because I think I was meant to do it where people were trying Mm -hmm. to guide me in the other way. So it just subconsciously is the way I started my business. And it's the way I've still run my business is value first always. Oh, I love that you said that because, you know, you hear this all the time. Is it impact first or is it income? And I'm an impact. I'm like you where I, you know, I have these daily agreement cards that my community knows about and I've been doing them for three years. And what I did first was I just did them for free. I did these little boot camps in our communities and like it was free, free, free because I wanted one. I really like to get the social proof. Like it really annoys me when like, I don't know, because if I'm doing a good job with it, like it was working for me, but I wanted to make sure like you get the response, right? Because I feel like your marketing is, you know, your beliefs, right? Then you don't even have to have like marketing. I don't need to know NLP, right? Because instead it's like, Hey, my marketing is, uh, I do this. This is how I feel about it. This is what it makes me feel like. And now you should try it. And so I, it was like over a year of doing, I mean, I probably did like, you know, 15 boot camps just in our community. And then I only was going to charge, I started charging $5 because I was like, 
five bucks because I got to use the Kajabi now for the course. And that's going to cost me like I was literally thinking that way. So I did that. And then I ended up only and now it's only $15. It's literally the way to get into my you know audience in that, hey, now I can finally ask for the sale. But the cool thing was, I'd had hundreds of women that had already done my boot camp, but because I had added so much value to them way back then, when I launched my boot camp, they all signed up for it because yep. they were like, you've done so much for me. It's like I was telling you about the podcast. The reason why my podcast launched under top 50 was I literally, I went live and I said, if I have ever in the last 12 years in our Facebook group, giving you any sort of value. I haven't asked today for you. I don't ask for much from you guys really ever actually. So this is my one time because this is when you have launches you can have. I mean, we had a $400,000 launch in November and it was because why? We don't ask for the sell often and we give you everything else for free. So I love that that is, it's no wonder I'm just totally aligned with you because I think that is so important is, you know, you mentioned two years. This is not one of these like, hey, I'm going to take you to six figures in six months that people are talking about these days. Can we talk about that for a minute and how annoying it is? It's literally like what Andy always says. It's something that sticks to me all the time is one plus one equals two input output. And I'm like, the only thing I think of is like, it's yeah, you don't believe it, right? They're like, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. And I'm like, what the fuck is the work? Tell me what the work is. But realistically, it's compounding all of that effort that I showed up every freaking day, gave everything I had every single freaking day. And it's finally compounding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not, I did it for a week. I, I'm still not, you know, where I want to be, but I'm not here to say, hey, you know, buy my shit and then you'll get this. I'm proof in the pudding. Like I'm doing things and I show you the results that I've gotten. I show you the proof. And if you want it, cool. If you don't, cool. Like that's how it goes. And I never promise anything, even with Pinterest management. Like I hate when people say that, like, oh, buy my course and this is your answer. Join my mastermind. This is your answer. And it's like, it's not the freaking answer. There is no answer. There isn't. And well, so you're what I call an industry disruptor. And that's, that's the positive thing. So like when my, and I can't take credit for this. So my husband 17 years ago, when he started our brand, um, he was contest prep. And back then everyone was doing contest prep a certain way. And he became this industry disruptor. And he was the coach that when people would reach out and be like, how much weight can I lose in like three months? He goes, Anyone that's telling you an amount is very unprofessional. They're not a good coach because there's too many variables. It's the same with money. If someone is telling you they're going to make you six figures in six months, they really should be fired because they don't even know like what the market's going to be like. Like all you can measure is your work ethic, how much you're willing to put in. And it's like, you know, even Andy and I know Emily say this. Honestly, that's where you're getting your high. It's the journey. And believe me when I say this, and I say this a lot on my podcast, like I've had the Lambo, I've had the the Ferrari, and I love all those things because they do represent something, but it's it's the journey that you're actually chasing. And people are always like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, you really are. It's the rush you get from the value you're giving. Sure, there's some tangible things that measure that, but if you're not enjoying the whole way there, entrepreneurship is definitely not for you, right? 
No, it's well, people always ask me that on podcasts, like, what is your favorite thing about, you know, being an entrepreneur? I'm like the people like I get to, I get to meet some pretty dope people that think I'm cool like you who thinks I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? Like if that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what does. Like somebody that's like seeing you from somewhere you've never met and then they see you somewhere and they resonate with you because we all think we're not cool, right? We all think that our story that's isn't so as interesting true. as so-and-so's story or I don't – I have like I have an office that I – it's literally a spare bedroom in my house. Like I am not that cool. You know what I mean? I sit on the on my robe and eat ice cream and watch Shark Tank. Like that is my Friday night. Like I'm really not that cool. And like <laughs> so when people like you that I would never have met in a million years just resonate with my message, done. Wrap it up. Same, same. And I love that. I think that's, it, it is. It's the high you get from the impact. The income is just the byproduct. I say the same thing on the fat loss journey. The, the byproduct is the good body, but it's you showing up for yourself every day is what gets yep. you there. Same with the business. So I love that. So I know that you mentioned that you create alter egos and I'm obsessed. Like I have several alter egos. I mean, I even in my, I have my planner here and in the back of my planner, I actually keep my alter eagles on index cards, right? So Love like it. my my marriage best self, her name's Bay Fritter. <laughs> she looks she looks like a little My Little Pony. No one can see this on the podcast, but and and Bay Fritter, you know, she's playful. She's got a soft tone. She's vulnerable. I write down all these things because I am actually really like authoritative. Like I'm the kind of mom like when it's like bath time. We're in and out, man. We're doing we're five minutes, you know. But if I want to be, you know, like my best self mom, her name is Alice, you know, from the Brady Bunch. So oh. I have her on a card and I write down, you know, Alice always listened to the kids' problems. You know, she was way so I have to channel these because listen, you're not gonna be naturally like say the extrovert. Maybe you, you know, and that's like a limiting belief, right? That we're like, I'm not that way. It doesn't mean we can't become that way, right? So I love that you mentioned that because I thought. I am going to make Renee as like one of my business alter egos because right now I have a Sarah Blakely. I've named it Sarah Blakely, but I think I'm going to name it Sarah Renee because I need Sarah's like, you know, and now I need to add that playfulness. And I share this because so many people always assume like when they meet, you know, other people like, oh, well, I'm not like that. Right. But you can become that way. So talk to me about some of your alter egos and, and how it all started for you. Because mine was accidentally like I didn't even know until I read a couple books about it later. I'm like, Oh, I'm on to something here. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. So I think you just totally joined the My Girlfriend Renee fan club. Like, I'm not even kidding. You might start getting shit with my face in it in the mail. Just saying. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. Like, I already know what I'm going to do. I do these cards all the time. So I'm like, I've got oh my, my gosh, yeah, I'll send you my picture. It's the famous, you know, with the pink hat blowing the kiss. Like, it's the most I famous. It. It's just so bad. So it's funny because I have been this way, right? But I was watching this show on Netflix, like, I don't even remember when, but it was Elvis versus Nixon. It's a weird documentary show, right? So it's the story of Elvis when he went to the White House. Mm -hmm. And it's showing him as him. And then he puts on Elvis, right? So mm. I was fascinated by this. So fascinated because I don't know Elvis, right? I'm too young. I'm like 20. <laughs> Right, right. Not, not even close, but I don't even know. But I'm <laughs> not even close to 20. But I'm like, I was so fascinated by this movie because I've always been fascinated by like, because it's Elvis, right? And right. so in the movie, he's in the bathroom and he's putting on his rings and his sunglasses and he goes, and then I become Elvis. And it's like, that's when the trigger hit for me where I was like, oh, my girlfriend Renee is who I want to be. Like, 
mindset work, like, and I know you can relate to this, is who I think I'm, I'm like my best elite shiny self is my girlfriend, Renee. Renee is still here. It's still who I am, but I live as if I am my best freaking self when my girlfriend Renee shows up. And we did a podcast on this. um, And we got a couple questions about like, that people feel fake when they put on their alter ego. When they think alter ego, they think it's a fake personality. And Mm -hmm. I challenge that because it's not. It's like my girlfriend Renee is still Renee. Like if you meet me, I'm the same person, but my girlfriend Renee has no fear. My girlfriend Renee is not insecure. My girlfriend Renee shows up as her most confident, successful self. And it's not that Renee's not good enough. It's Renee still has imposter syndrome. Renee still gets a little nervous when she goes live. Renee doesn't think she's really that cool. She sees, you know, herself on the floor with a mom bun just hanging with her kid. But my girlfriend Renee is lights, camera, action, and let me just leave it all on the damn table, right? Like, that's who my girlfriend Renee is. So when I think of alter egos, challenge it as who is your best self? Like, who are you? Like, I hate that this comes down to this, but like, my family doesn't know my girlfriend Renee. And they don't care to know her, right? Mm -hmm. And I get so mad at myself because I'm like, if you guys only got to meet my girlfriend Renee, you would think I'm pretty freaking awesome because I did the mindset work and the, you know, the education and the time invested in, you know, making myself better that now my girlfriend Renee is the best person I've ever met in my life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have chills because I love this one. I'm really excited to go do because I love like the imagery behind doing this kind of work. And so I'm like, yes. I'm already thinking of the things I'm going to do, but it's so true. And I think people do think that, oh, you're just, it's like the fake it. And I'm like, no, no, because eventually it's actually who you become. I always feel like personal development and change is like a muscle. And so my best self is over here and I want to be here all the time. It's not like I don't want to, you know, cause I, I also have my anti-self. So like for my marriage, I give this one as the example. So I've got Bay Fritter. She's soft. She knows to use tone. Well, sometimes Amy just freaking messes that up and she doesn't. Legit. Well, my anti-self, I call her runaway bride, a runaway bride. When she's feeling threatened, she's like, I'm out of here. You know, I'm done with you. Right. And I don't want to be that person, but sometimes we go these both ways, yeah. but we are, you know, again, destined for greatness. We are destined to be these best self, but it's a muscle. I have to work up. You constantly and- slip back. Exactly. And eventually you hopefully you become my girlfriend, Renee. Like I think of Sasha Fierce. So the Beyonce Sasha Fierce um, story is a very powerful one. So when she started, you know, singing, Beyonce felt shy to be out like performing the way she did. This is why she created the Sasha Fierce. And what happened? She retired Sasha Fierce eventually. Why? Because she became her. She knew that she didn't need to channel it anymore. I'm sure Elvis became a big part of that because it was just who he became. And so I, I, I hope people, when they listen to this, they realize like when you use other people or other things, like I don't apologize that like I have these alter egos because I know like, you know, the imagery for our brain is very powerful. I already know I'm going to be using your picture here and going, because it immediately is going to light me up and be like, I can do this. You know, I can be this way. I don't have to be afraid to go live because you know, you made a really good point. We all suffer from the same fears. We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to be good at what we do. Like it's just most people at the non-personally developed 
its place, they're not talking about it. At least at this level, we are. Like, I am totally, fully, like, raw. I don't care. I will tell you, I am scared to death at times. I have unworthiness issues. I still feel like, you know, when we did our burn, our, our you know, our thing at the mastermind, we had to tell one lie we're telling ourselves. I, you know, I've wanted to write a book, but I also have that inner critic inside me that's like, who do you think you freaking are? Like, seriously, Amy? just shut up, you know, like, and, and, and it's so hard to like, you know, battle that, but this is why you have to create these alter, you know, I'm creating an author right now. Like that's one of my alter egos. And, you know, some people even use like artifacts, like with Elvis putting his rings on, you know, put a pair of glasses on. I feel a little more studious, your hat, you know, like I would definitely have some things that help me feel, and there's studies behind this guy. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you're questioning it, Go get Todd or Scott, Todd Herman's it's Alter Ego is one book. And then Best Self is another book where he actually talk about all the studies behind what happens with like enclosed cognition. You know, just take the power of a, a hot outfit that you wear. Oof. Do we not feel like freaking amazing? You workout pants? My booty be popping. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this back there. Like, it's exactly. so true. Like, I love the hat every single time. I 100% speaking is scary, right? And I'm getting into the speaking universe and I absolutely love it. And I always put on my hat, like I hosted a clubhouse that was an hour long. It was my first one that I actually hosted and nobody can see you on clubhouse. You bet your ass I was wearing my hat. Like, you know what I mean? You bet your ass that thing was on. (laughs) My husband, he'll know because he'll be like, oh, are you getting ready to do it? I'm like, I'm putting my lipstick on. I'm getting ready because I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the zone, you know? So you give them, it makes you perform better. And it's all that does is give the audience more or the people you're trying to impact. It gives them more. It gives you like, you literally leave everything on the table. And that's what I'm saying like with the mindset thing is like, yeah, it's a constant battle. It's not, it's like fitness. It's not like you reach your ideal body and then you quit. Like it's the biggest lie I've ever heard. I finally reached like my ideal body and I'm like, boom, crushed it, (laughs) done. Now I can go back to eating McDonald's and that failed, right? So it's like same with mindset work. Like once you start slipping and once you stop listening to the podcast, once you stop reading, once you stop being an avid learner, all of a sudden, you're going right back. You're going right back. It's, and that's why I protect my energy because my family, aka friends, past, whoever, pull you back into that negativity. And then I'm like, I'm aware. I'm like, oh, no, not today. Like they'll pull you in and they talk about other people. And I'm like, I don't care what other people are doing. That does not reflect me. I don't care. I'm going here. I'm so working hard at getting here. Why do I care what Susie down the street is doing? I don't. Right? Yes. Yes. Your energy. You have to say, I'm trying to be here. I'm trying to be my girlfriend, Renee, this person. If I hang out with you, I go back to being old, old, old Renee. Can't do it. Sorry. Totally. And it is a daily practice. I mean, I have a, you know, I call it anchoring in the morning, but I have a note in my phone that it just says it's called anchoring best self cyborg, you know, I have like my nicknames, right? And every morning I rotate through, there's about five different podcast specific episodes, like ones from it's Andy Frazella's chestnut checkers. It's only 11 minutes long. And I do this every morning, even though I've heard them a million times, but this is my way of putting on my armor for the day. Sometimes I got to do that at two in the afternoon as well. I mean, on my way to the mastermind. And I think this is the biggest limiting belief people have is that you're going to be there and you, and it's just, you're there. Like there's this end place. If you don't, you will, you'll be smack on your face. Whereas, I mean, I was speaking that day. I was excited because, you know, I don't, I mean, just to get asked, I felt so honored. 
And I listened to personal development the entire way there. It was a two hour drive. And I'm like, I got to feed myself all the things because I have imposter syndrome all the time. Amy, who do you think you are to go be speaking to these other women who are already like high achieving? And I think we all just need to share that more so that we realize like, you know, I mean, I love that about you. You're just so real that you're like, you know, out there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be extra. Like I always see Renee and I'm like extra and not being apologetic for it. Right. Not at all. I have zero. Like we're all in here to attract and repel. Right. And I get it. I am aware enough to know that I am too much for some people. And then I also am aware to know that people that are having a shitty day or people that are in a funk or people that are just done, they go to me and they're like, thank you for just giving me this. And that's where I stay. And it's not my business if people like me or not. I'm not here to appease to everybody. I'm not. I'm the freaking damn leopard cheetah. You know what I mean? Like it ain't going to happen. But to me, I help the people that I know how to serve and I do it well because that is what I am here for. I'm real. I'm authentic. And I make fun of myself because I, it's just my love language, right? Like shit talking is my love language. So it's like, who am I to deprive the people that really need it and find joy in it because somebody doesn't like it? I'm sorry. You don't have to stay. It's free. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Well, Renee, I have had so much fun with you today. I, you have to go follow her. Like, honestly, press pause, please. Like, you know, I hope you already did it in the beginning of this, but I hope you had enough fun listening that you're like, I need to go find my girlfriend, Renee on Instagram. You will know right away when you find her. Oh yeah. You'll know. You'll be like, damn, this chick likes leopard pink and zebra and all the shit. (laughs) And it's so much fun. And it's just so great to have someone that reminds you to be unapologetic. Like I know for myself, that's what I do. I go to your stories, but I'm like, if I'm feeling low or I'm feeling like I should, I'm like, okay, I need to go get a little dose of this. Um, tell me, is that, is IG your favorite place to be? Like, where do you like people to go? Let's plug your podcast. What's the name of your podcast? So yeah, IG is where I hang out the most because I'm a tension whore. Hello. IG is the best way to get it. You know what I mean? I have like a YouTube page that I'm like on. I have my blog, but it's like IG is where I send like video texts and all that stuff. Um, So everything is at my girlfriend, Renee, though. I keep calling myself a YouTube sensation. I have like 100 subscribers. It's not at all, but I just think it's funny. Change. Yeah, exactly. I'm like YouTube sensation coming in hot. Um, And then I have a podcast called Dreams to Plans podcast where it's literally me and my friend Kat. And Kat is like the type A straight like Google Doc everything and I just show up and flow and we have like the best banter back and forth. But we help small business owners. We have two different perspectives on how to grow your business. It's just a fun back and forth, like just like this conversation because that's what we need. You know, everything sucks. It's too much work to watch TV. (laughs) It is. It is too much for like the, you know, a script, right? So you definitely, and if you're, if you're thinking of starting a business, honestly, Renee is someone you need to go watch because like I watched your Pinterest thing and I did not know. I mean, I learned a lot in such a short period of time. So she adds a lot of value. You know, I never share anyone on here that I'm not going to think is like really someone that you just should, even if it's just to just bring some smile into your life. Um, I just want to thank you again for coming on and just taking time out of your day to record with me. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. Thank you. Okay. I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast and it's less about that top 100 and more about, I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and, and learn from all the mistakes that I've made along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media, share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it. 
you know, go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, I, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission. 